When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One, two, three, four. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. And it is not October yet. But we're ready to get a little bit freaky, Drew. You put so much time, sweat equity, that's what I like to call it, into this piece year in and year out. And if you don't know what that piece is, if you're listening right now, you can check out Andrew Ivins' freak list on 247sports.com, one of my favorite pieces of content throughout the calendar year. And Drew, a lot goes into this, and this is only year three. So I'm going to tee it up for you to kind of explain it a little bit. What goes into this piece? You got 50 names year in and year out. What's your goal? How do you attack it? I know this year was a little bit more personal for you in terms of being able to talk to some of the guys that are on this list. But what uh, what's your process and kind of how the sausage is made? Well, I want to start off saying, Cooper, I mean, this is a play on what Bruce Feldman does, who was on our podcast, and I brought that up to him, but his list came out last week for the, I think he had 101 college football freaks. Um, And that's where it, that's where it started, right? Just highlighting things that you don't know about some of these recruits and some of them are blue chippers, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to like hash out our top 32, right? There's some five stars in there. There's some, some top two, four, seven kids in there, but I also try to find individuals that you probably haven't heard about that do extraordinary things outside of the football field, right? So whether they're a wrestler or uh, they grew grew up, you know, doing rodeos, we have, we have a cowboy on, on the list this year. Um, They're a basketball player. They're a track star. Just looking for, for different things that would separate individuals um, from the rest of the class. And really for me, you know, what's unique about my kind of position and and where I'm located is I get a ton of exposure um, to the recruits like in person, right? So whether it be at a camp, a seven on seven tournament um, or, or an event like that, like I see a lot of these guys and, you know, every time I'm out on the road, I have a a working Google document and then I'll see someone. I'm like, all right, going to put this guy in the watch list and we'll dig in a little later on. So some of it's also like, hey, like when I saw this person in, out there moving around, like I thought he was a freak. And, you know, I want to kind of stamp my flag and and, and put it there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers the question, but it's a uh, it's it's not a perfect process, you know. It's just kind of discretionary, I think. Drew, you have a lot of contacts in college football. You can't be in your position if you don't. I wonder, before you put this list out, is there anybody there that's like, you know what, Andrew, can you do me the favor and not put this player on the list? <laughs> well, Barton Simmons, the former director of scouting at, at 24-7 Sports, uh, bumped him into him at the player personnel symposium. And I think last year or every year I've had a, a Vanderbilt guy on the list, which isn't surprising. Like they are a height, weight, speed operation that is heavy in the analytics and the multi-sport. I mean, that's, that's the, the basis of what they want to do. So it's not surprising that they have some guys on there. And last year we had Camarian Pimpton who 
Vandy beat out Rice for in the summer months, and then he ended up flipping to LSU. Um, so he's like, hey, can you can you limit the amount of, of Vandy guys you, you get in there? Um, and then it, I always like the group of five programs. I think every group of five commit that I had on last year's Freaks list ended up going to a Power Five program or a, a program that is moving into a Power Five conference. So, yeah, there's some of that. But but I'll but I'll say this, Cooper. I mean, when I first did this, there was a lot of like, you know, you would kind of ask different college contacts, and they'd be like, "Uh, like like what's the exercise? Like what are you trying to do here?" Now, entering year three, when you when you put out the feelers and you ask for some feedback, like there's a ton of it. Everyone wants to kind of highlight a guy, and and sometimes maybe they're pushing to get their guy on a list, or 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 to be recognized, but it makes it a little bit easier as well because some of them, you know, you pick up different stories that you wouldn't have known. Like, Hey, for example, Timothy Carpenter, Indiana's quarterback commit, you know, the Indiana staff told me when he took his official visit, they're at Tom Allen's house and, and the kid was throwing down like 360 dunks um, in, in Tom Allen's backyard. And it's like, man, that's, you know, that's kind of freaky. So um, it's good to always work the contacts, work, work the, uh, Work the phone a little bit and see what you can find. All right, Drew. Sammy Brown, he's number one. And if you're not familiar with Sammy Brown, five-star linebacker, number one linebacker in the country. Do we have him as a linebacker or as an athlete? I think we got him as a backer, right? Linebacker. Which kind of goes into the point. I want to know in your mind, when did you know, right? I mean, you just talked about like, hey, the freaks list is always in the back of your head, right? We might be at a under armor camp in february and maybe there's you know a handful of uh, players that we want to see there but you're always working towards that goal right of building this list how long did you know that sammy brown was going to be the guy i think well over a year right and sammy brown has has been a household name in terms of like the recruitment but when i started seeing him post videos i think it was like a it was like a 365 pound full clean. And for those that aren't familiar, like, you know, I have some background in weightlifting. Like I coach (laughs) CrossFit. Like I've I've been to seminars, like I'm versed in the Olympic lifts. And when you go through social media, you'll see these kids working out and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is terrible for, uh, you know, their long-term health. But Sammy Brown, like, as soon as I saw that clip, I'm like, this guy is different. Like that barbell is going straight up and down. The technique is on point. So that's when I first flagged him. And then ever since then, it's been like qualifier after qualifier after qualifier. Like, I don't even know what the freakiest thing Sammy Brown does. Um, I mean, we can read off the stats, 405 pound power clean. That would be the top mark I would say in probably most college football programs around the country for mid skill players. Like that is, that is freaky 600 pound back squat, 395 pound bench press 10, seven in the hundred meter dash at 230 pounds. I think, I think this might be it 23 foot three inch long jump. You know, I talked to some different people and they all kind of agreed like that's freaky. Um, and then he's got a 39 and a half inch vertical jump. Oh, and he's a, a two-time state champ on, on the wrestling mat. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a variety of different things with him. And I had a chance to talk with his dad. Um, just, just kind of wanted to pick Mike Brown's mind. Like, Hey, when did you know Sammy Brown was going to be different? And he really gave the backstory. I mean, Sammy Brown followed dad to work from a, a young, young age. Uh, dad was a head football coach there in Georgia, also ran the weight room for that high school. And uh, Sammy would be in there doing some body weight type of stuff. And then as he got to middle school, they, they got out the barbell, started stacking the plates. And when he really, I think, took off was work during the, um, the global pandemic, during during COVID, you know, they built a gym in the garage and that's the first time dad you know put sammy brown through a series of of tests maxing him out and he said it was it was off the charts um so that was cool and i think the other nugget i didn't know this maybe it's out there you know sammy is going to 
Clemson, obviously. That's where he's committed. The head strength coach there, Joey Batson, actually was Sammy Brown's dad's strength coach when 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 Mike Brown was playing at Furman. So I think that was an interesting kind of nugget that I uncovered with Sammy Brown. 23-3 in the long jump, Drew. To put it into perspective, that is one foot higher than the top 25% in the SEC at the receiver or defensive back position. That's somebody doing that at 230 pounds. <laughs> Trey Scott, our editor, was like, is this real? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, it's real. And I sent him the mile split link. He's like, the NCAA like, champion is like 27 feet. I'm like, I know. Like, it's, he's he's flying like a squirrel. 39 and a half inch vertical jump. I think you mentioned that. five Perfect 5-0 PAI score from tracking football. Our friends over there, Player Athletic Index, if you don't know what that is. Not indicative so much of on-field performance, but it is indicative of athletic potential. And I think that says a lot about Sammy Brown there. Drew, at number two, pretty interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll say this for couple of different reasons. You you have Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State. I think so much there's so much appreciation of Jeremiah Smith, the football player, that I don't think we pay attention to how good of an athlete he is. You would always tell me you're like you would always reference, I believe, the 110 meter hurdles and the 300 meter hurdles. And you're like, and this guy is freaky. And then if you talk to people who have a track and field background and you ask them the most difficult track and field events from a sprinter's perspective, it is the hurdles. I think it's the the one or two events that you can take away a little subjective evidence of how these guys are wired a little bit. And I think Jeremiah Smith, it's not a surprise he's at number two, but what what did you love so much about him to say, okay, like I know you've seen him so many times in person, but the evidence here from an athletic standpoint. I think he kind of falls into the category of like, all right, when you see him, you walk away going, all right, this guy is a freak. And the list isn't designed to be just off of the tape and the in-person evaluations. Like, you, you got to kind of line some other stuff up. And Jeremiah Smith's a kid who has not really tested anywhere. I mean, why would he? He doesn't need to test. Um, but then this year, and I think behind the scenes for us, like kind of the question marks were – how good of an athlete is he? He goes to Florida's 1A track meet, which is the lowest of the four classifications, but he wins the 110 hurdle. He wins the 400 meter hurdles and his times like wouldn't get him recruited for track and field. But this is a guy where I don't know how much he's really hurdling um, year round. Like that is not his specialty. And Cooper, you're absolutely right with the hurdles. That's an event where it takes coordination it takes strength. Uh, I talked with Jeremiah's dad and, and he brought up the fact, man, like the 400 meter dash is arguably the most difficult sprint distance when, when you're talking track and field. Now you're adding hurdles in there. So you got to be conditioned. You have to have the endurance and, and to be able to hold that top speed. And, and, and now you're jumping over something. So I thought I thought that was a good qualifier. Um to get him where he is. And I've always said this with Jeremiah Smith. I mean, he's hovering around 205 pounds, but when you look at him in person, like he's got these big paws and he's got these big feet and it's like, he's a puppy. He's only going to keep growing. He's only going to get bigger. And since the first time I've seen him, I mean, he has filled out so much. It's going to be crazy to see what he looks like in a few years. The other thing that was cool with, with Jeremiah Smith, I mean, everyone knows that he is, Oh, um, hold on. I'm already getting a call from someone upset that th their kid didn't make the freaks list. <laughs> Can only imagine, right? Um, everyone knows that Jeremiah Smith, his, uh, his cousins with Geno Smith, the, the Seattle Seahawks starting quarterback, but looked into the family background. He's got a pair of great uncles that were stars in the respective uh, sports. His, his uncle, Danny Smith, ran in the 72 and 76 Summer Olympics for the Bahamas as a hurdler. He also went to Florida State. And then uh, his other uncle, Yama Bahama, that was his boxing nickname. Prolific boxer back in the 
the mid fifties and the mid sixties down in Miami. And he actually sparred with Muhammad Ali. So again, digging into like these kids, you, you really kind of find some stuff you, you didn't know about. You don't get paid enough, Drew, getting phone calls in the middle of the show. I think the article has been out for about a fresh 20 minutes, but hey, part of the job, right? All right, so we got Sammy Brown at number one, Clemson commit. Number two, Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State in zone six. So no surprises so far. I don't think three is a surprise for us. And this is going to be the last one, I think, in succession here. But Drew Carter Nelson, I mean, I think this is a story that we need to continue to tell. And a guy that probably the player that I have circled that I am the most excited about to see in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Last year, that player was kind of linking kind holes, right? We wanted to see how he was going to do. But Carter Nelson, for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, you're talking about a tight end committed to Nebraska, plays eight-man football. You turn on the basketball tape, Drew, which was maybe my favorite of any multi-sport athlete that played on the hardwood. I mean, you talk about an explosive player for his size. And then on top of this, Drew, if you're looking for perspective, Carter Nelson is 6'4", 215 pounds from a small town in Nebraska. Seven-foot high jump. I think maybe I since I've been doing this, I can count on one hand how many seven-foot high jumpers I've seen. And to have somebody do it at 215 pounds is just kind of crazy to me. But, Drew, you you always called what would you, you call <laughs> Nebraska under Matt Rule's like Traits City or something yeah, like that? Trait City. Lincoln. It blows my mind that <laughs> Malachi Coleman, who I believe was on the, this list last year, right? Yeah. And Carter Nelson, two of the biggest freaks we've seen over the last two years are just there in Nebraska. And this guy, I mean, you talk about like, Honestly, Drew, I have no idea what he's going to be on the football field. I think he's shown enough, and I'm excited to kind of see how he continues to grow and develop. But special, special, I think maybe one-of-one one athlete in this cycle. Did you point out that he only plays eight-man football? Was that, did I you did. Bring that? Okay. I did. Yeah, that must have been in the middle of my, uh, my phone call. Um, Carter Nelson also talked with his dad. Kind of the same thing, right? Dad was a track coach. Carter was at the track from an early age and Carter from my understanding does not like track. So that makes that seven foot high jump just even more ridiculous. And Carter was injured. So he didn't, he, he wasn't a hundred percent at this year's state meet. I mean, he could have very well clear, you know, seven, two at some point, uh, but I think he's going to enroll early. And when he went seven foot that tied a Nebraska 30-year record, and, and Cooper, I'm glad – I mean, I kind of just shot from the hip there. Like, I've never seen it with a football recruit before, so that might be the highest jump of anyone that has signed with the Power 5 program, you know, in the past couple of years, especially for a guy that is 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, the basketball stuff, I would encourage everyone to find his dunk highlights. I mean, this guy is throwing it down. Dad told me Carter – early on was kind of talking with some college basketball programs, but the issue was he's not a ball hog on the hardwood. You know, he wants to get his teammates involved. Thankfully, can I, bring, he, can I, can I bring up a quick point there? I was just yeah. reading that quote in your story to me, like the dunking ability and the leaping ability. It's a lot of fun to watch. I wonder when you watch him on a basketball court, his spatial awareness and vision it's it's elite. Remember, I I I jokingly said I'm like he, he. It looks like I'm watching Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he is feathery touch. He sees the floor exceptionally well, and you wonder. It's like how does how does that translate? Maybe you know. Maybe I'm trying to make it equate too easily, but like he is a joy to watch on the hardwood, and it's no surprise to me that he would have the opportunity to play in college if if that's what he wanted to do. But in eight-man football, you have to be a ball hog. <laughs> There's only eight guys on the field. So, I mean, the stats for Carter Nelson scored 40 total touchdowns last season, combination of his arm, legs, and hands, 41 tackles, and six interceptions on defense. And Cooper, you'll, you and producer Lance will love this one. 
at the end of the interview, Carter's dad throws in, oh yeah, this summer we were playing golf and he bombed a drive over 300 yards straight down the fairway. And I guess Carter Nelson has only been playing golf for a few years now. So <laughs> freak. Well, yeah, a little uh, tip of advice to him. Get that short game out in 100 and in, you know, if you want to you want to break 90 consistently um when you turn on the tape it's almost watching like a repeat of the little giants you know i mean eight man football no disrespect to anybody in nebraska but i mean you talk about 40 40 touchdowns how many ints did he have i mean he he dominates right i mean as he should you want to see that caliber of athlete dominate in that setting but true even before you wrote this piece he was one of my favorite stories so i'm glad you you got him ballooned up. Uh, can I, to the can top. I say one final thing, Carter Nelson? I had a college coach that that had went out there to see Carter Nelson, and he's in a town of less than two thousand people. And the coach told me that there is a roadway in, and there's no stoplights. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to put this in the story, I need to make sure there's no stoplights. So I'm on like Google, Google Earth, Google Maps, like going through the entire town of Ainsworth, just making sure that there are no stoplights. And as of 2022, when the Google car drove through that town, there are no stoplights. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with Cooper Patagna, Andrew Ivins. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, Spotify included. Also, if you have a question, make sure to leave a review. That is the place to do it. Drew, I want to say we got three Georgia running backs on this list. Is that correct? We do. And you're the second person that's brought that up. Are you surprised? Well, I feel like... Uh, I feel like I might have got a nudge from the first person. Um, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, when, when you when you think about it, um, these guys are all different. And it, and it kind of seems like a storyline that I think you and I kind of glossed over a little bit, how these guys are different, how they complement each other. But I, I don't even know from a national perspective if <laughs> Georgia fans in particular know what they got coming in. You know, so break it down for us. Well, We've talked so much about that offensive line class, right? And Dylan Rayola. And we know that they have continued to reload on defense. But the running backs they got coming in, they're all, first off, they're all sub 11 second guys in the 100 meter dash. I mean, I think we've seen schools take two guys in the same cycle with that that type of speed, but three of them, I mean, that that's different. And two Top- out of the three, two to the three are over 200 pounds doing that, correct? Yes, yes, that would be Chauncey Bowens and um, Nate Frazier. And, you know, I I was only going to have one of these guys in here, and then you start looking into the other two, and you're like, well, you got to put them in there as well. I don't want to... I don't want to upset anyone in that that running running back room. The first one is Dwight Phillips Jr., son of Dwight Phillips, who captured gold at the 2004 Olympics out there in Athens, coincidence, you know, Athens, Georgia, Athens, Greece. He was a long jump legend. His son is a sprinter, uh, went 10 to four in the hundred meter dash this season. That was the 11th fastest time for any high schooler in 2023. He also apparently ran a four two eight on the lasers at Georgia a few years ago. And then he's got the second best max speed number in the UC reports database at at 22.10 miles per hour. So they call him lightning. I think Chauncey Bowens is the guy you call thunder. He is 5'11", 219 pounds, deadlifts 635, bench presses 385. And I think his most impressive lift, again, you know, I have somewhat of a weightlifting background, is he says he can front squat 500 pounds twice. That is extremely difficult to do because you're holding that bar in the front you need 
solid posture. You're driving through your hips. Um, so yeah, freaky, freaky movement in, when it comes to the iron. And then the third guy, Nate Frazier, I, I got to give Greg Biggins, our guy in the West Coast, some credit here. He kept pushing and pushing and pushing for Frazier to be on there. And I said, hey, you, like, you got to get me some data. And Frazier's a 10-5-8 kid in the 100-meter dash with, you know, a dozen more sub-11 second efforts. But he's got 4.9% body fat. He bench pressed 225. That is the weight at the NFL Combine 23 times. Back squatted 315. 21 times. And uh, I think he is a combination of Phillips and Bowens. I, I would, you know, if I had a handicap, who's going to get the most touches, I, I'd probably lean Nate Frazier, but what a luxury to have for the Bulldogs. I mean, they are just absolutely retooling and restocking, replenishing, whatever, whatever word you want to use that running back room. Nate Frazier is a unique, I don't want to say case study, but unique evaluation where it's like, I think we all know how good he can be, but because of modern days running back situation, and, and some will say, well, he's going to have the same situation at Georgia. I think there's another gear to him that we haven't seen yet. And I think he might get more touches at Georgia than he's getting at modern day right now. So I'm excited about him. How about Georgia, man? I mean, they've been known for their backfield. I mean, you think about the guys that they've had recently, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but and Todd Gurley. You think of no Sean Marino. You think of Zamir White. Del McGee's done a phenomenal job there in Athens in that running back room. To have all three of those guys in the same cycle is pretty wild to me. Um, Drew, the other thing I noticed, there's a little bit of international flavor on here. And you got a trip across the pond coming up, I think, in November, right? Yeah. You're yep, going to yep. Frankfurt, Germany. You're going to go hang out with our guy, Brandon Collier, who runs PPI and does a Phenomenal job over there. Last year, I was in Germany, and one of these names familiar to me a little bit, and that's Alabama commit Justin Okoroklanko. Hopefully, I got that right, and if I didn't, I apologize. But this was the guy, Drew, when I when I went across the pond last time that they were really excited about. They felt had a future. It wasn't long after I was there that he committed to Maryland. I think he camped over the summer with Alabama shortly, earned or earned an offer there, then shortly flipped his commitment to the Crimson Tide. And Drew, he was a guy, when I saw him in person, I think they raved about him just in terms of his testing, had a background in gymnastics, was playing off-ball linebacker, has worked out at edge over the summer. I think that's kind of been the biggest advantage to him. I think with any international player, he's still figuring out, but the athlete, it's it's hard to argue with. Yeah, and I think he will be an interesting case study because he is an elite athlete. And I think what Alabama saw is what, you know, Maryland and Michigan had saw the summer before when Justin had toured with PPI through the United States. I mean, he is a testing freak, 36 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 foot one broad jump, 478 in the 40, 440 and the Pro shuttle. And then Collier told me that he was like six six in the three cone drill, which is a huge indicator of your ability to uh change directions. And you know, some NFL teams and organizations like that's the number they look for with front seven defenders. And so Justin is the freak athlete. You know, what is he as a football player? I think he's still trying to figure it out. Um, but you you bet on that, right? If that if that guy is your number 18, 19, 20 player in the class, like absolutely roll the dice and, and see what Justin can be. You mentioned he was a gymnast at some point, also played uh, goalkeeper on the soccer pitch. I saw Justin work out, I think it was at Miami's Legend Camp two years ago, and just him rolling around on the ground, you know, during when they do, uh, what do they call those, like agility circuits? I mean, he was just moving much different than others. Collier also gave me another recommend recommendation. Uh, Manuel Beagle, who is a offensive line commit, ex excuse me, defensive line commit for Michigan. He said, you got to get this guy on the list. Another kid from Germany playing football in Connecticut. Um, Collier says ridiculous athlete, you know, 6'5", 290, runs a 4'8", with a 9'8", broad jump. 
I don't know the international like push. I feel like it's it's getting some traction here, um, and we're only going to see more of it. Michigan but, is um, Michigan. Even when I was there in 2017, it was Julius Welshoff who we took from PPI and was in in Germany and had the skiing background. I believe was a member of uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list at some point. Even it might have been this year. He's at Charlotte now with Biff Pogey. Obviously, the connections there. But last year, Amir Kumba, who I saw at that same event from France, defensive end, edge. Sign with Michigan as well, right? I mean, I, I you're starting to see some some more names. I think the NFL Academy over there, Drew, which you'll get familiar with, is run by Chris Durham. He used to play receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs and had a short stint in the NFL and played in Italy after his NFL career. He is now in charge of basically the NFL Academy over there in terms of the talent acquisition. So... I, you go over there. It's it's a it's a different experience, but listen. The one thing that translates through size and athleticism, right? I mean, teams are are still willing to take flyers on guys that have that simple baseline combination. I think we've seen that with Alabama and Michigan. And the the one player I would say comp wise, super loosely based, but at least from a physique standpoint, Yonze Pierre kind of reminds me of Justin. Conquo a little bit just in terms of the movement ability I can see them saying you know what maybe this is a slow burn developmental upside play but maybe by year three we can get the return on investment from this guy and he ends up being something that we don't have I'm glad you brought up NFL London because I had a guy on the watch list that was going to make it for this 2024 list and then he reclassed to 2023 and that was Emmanuel Okoe, who's now at the University of Tennessee. Um, one of one type prospect, 45 and a half inch vert, 135 inch broad jump, seven foot two wingspan. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on with the NFL Academy over there in Europe. And I, I think Emmanuel, they found him like in an NFL Africa camp, um, kind of like their outreach type of program. Drew, I'm going to let you kind of take this wherever you want to take it. But at first, I got a question for you. Who on this list do you feel like is most likely to benefit maybe in their recruitment over the next couple of months with their debut on this? I, I just feel like there might be one, two, maybe even three guys that have been under-recruited. And maybe you're going through this list, and you're putting it together, and you're like, this doesn't make sense, right? From what you've gathered from an Intel standpoint on the athlete and then what you've seen on tape, you're saying, all right, I know maybe there's a bigger future out there for this player than what we've seen so far in this person's recruitment. Well, now I'm scrolling. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to highlight guys that are obviously going to get uh, get flipped elsewhere. Okay, so I, I, I do have one right here. Uh, Terrence Keel. Now the issue with him is he might play baseball. Um, and his father was an NFL quarterback. Um, this is a guy that was in the perfect game national showcase has committed to play baseball at Texas A&M. He's got a six, three, one in the 60 meter dash doing some research that would be like on par with some of the top base runners in the MLB. Um, but then you put on the football highlights and this kid, well, he was the region player of the year on offense, but I like him on defense. Like he's got ball skills. He can turn, he can run. Um, I think he had a few interceptions there at Atlanta's pace Academy, USC, Minnesota have offered. That was back during the spring evaluation period, Texas A&M offered over the summer months. Now, I don't know how legitimate that is. Is is he going to play baseball or whatnot? But he he's certainly one where, to me, the tape, you know, why aren't more schools on him? And I get it with the baseball, but I do think he could legitimately be, you know, a guy that played in the SEC or the Big Ten, just kind of with his, what he, the, the type of athlete 
that he is. Um, Whit Edwards, I mentioned on the front end of the show, he's the cowboy. Uh, he's the guy that went to 50 different states doing rodeos and whatnot. Obviously, that's a really fun story. But he's also uh, a talented wrestler, and he was a member of a 4x100 squad that qualified for states. His recruitment starting to pick up. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred pounds. Is he an edge rusher, a move tight end? I I don't really know. Um, I think Houston, Vanderbilt, or some of the schools primarily involved in his recruitment. But I think the big boys are going to come calling as he puts more and more on tape. And he was just just a fun interview, man. Like I had no idea. Like when you think rodeo, like what is that? And then like, I, I sat down to kind of write it and I'm like looking up rodeo terms, like reading or watching YouTube videos. Like I didn't think he was a bull rider. He was into roping. Um, but he was, he was a, he was fun. Um, does that answer your question? Cause I mean, most of these guys are, are headed to the, to the big ones. Yeah. The one for me is Jamie Trimble, Tommy Trimble's brother who plays for the Carolina Panthers, played at Notre Dame. He's always been the guy that's been super fascinating to me. He is a tweener in every sense of the form. It's like, is he a receiver? Is he a tight end? I don't think he gives you any type of inline blocking ability. He's freaky, and I, I think he is a completely underdeveloped product on the field. But, Drew, I mean, in terms of what he has in his body, he's pretty special there, right? You would think there would be a team out there and I'm trust me, I'm giving Dino Babers and Syracuse a ton of credit for going into Georgia and getting this one done. It still surprises me. He wouldn't have more going on. What do you have a 11 foot broad, right? Yeah. Almost 11 feet, seven inches, which is just 11 feet, seven inches. Nuts. Nuts. I don't, I don't think people really get that, but do you remember when that, that number got posted and like, I had to go right to the video. I'm like, is this legit? And then you watch the video and he's almost jumping out of the frame. I've never seen anything like it. Pretty crazy. And so you, that and, immediately came up. And then you throw in the fact that he caught 55 passes for 890 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Dad played in the NFL. Brother's currently in the NFL. It's like Syracuse is getting a steal. There's something missing there and maybe there isn't, but it's like, that. yeah, that's the one that really doesn't add up to me. Um, for a CYA exercise, Drew, let's talk about the Iowa guys on this list. So when they develop into first round draft picks here in three to four years, we can at least say we talked about them. So tell me what you like about those cats. Yeah. Joseph Anderson, um, guy that Hudson Standish, we always bring him up on the podcast. I think he first put him on our radar and then I, uh, a while back I, I texted an SEC defensive coordinator who I think was in on the recruitment. He goes like very intriguing. And Joseph Anderson is is six five and he, he looks like a beanpole. Um, but two time state qualifier in the triple jump, long jump, and one ten hurdles. Why does that matter? Go back to that twenty twenty three NFL draft. A lot of the pass rushers that went day one, day two, were also track and field athletes in high school, and they were very competitive in every event that they did. And Joseph Anderson's a guy that you stash away, right? He is not going to be ready year one, year two, probably not even year three. But once he gets the right weight on, I mean, you can't you can't teach what he has in terms of the potential get off and the length. His dad also played in the NFL. Um, you want to talk about it like a program fit? I just absolutely love that he's going to Iowa. You know, because they're not gonna. I mean, I think if it was up to them, they would redshirt every freshman two times if they if they could. So one to know, and then the other one has kind of been one of my darlings of the cycle, and that's uh, Derek Weisskopf, six seven high jumper, and there's video of him going six nine indoors. That would put him in the Carter Nelson territory. Guy that's played on both sides of the ball. You know, defensive tape doesn't get you super excited, but we're betting on the athlete here. And he's also 
a basketball player um, throwing down dunks with that type of bounce on the open floor. Again, just love the fit, him going to Iowa. You know they're going to rework his body. They're going to get him right. And every year it seems like, you know, you turn around and you're like, this guy from Iowa, not only is on Feldman's freaks list, but they're first round NFL draft buzz. And I, I think Derek White, Weisskopf is, is a dude. I do want to talk about a quarterback on here because one that I remember when you and I had to do some pro comps pretty early on in the process, but Walker White was a name that came up out of Arkansas, committed to Auburn. And the one that we had for him was Will Levis. Will Levis, if you don't know much about him, went to Kentucky, transferred from Penn State, has a rocket launcher for an arm. Also, I think, what's his deal with mayonnaise? Puts it in his coffee or something like that? Dude, he just, he just got a deal. Right. Lifetime, lifetime supply. Off. I think with Hellman's. <laughs> wild move but he's got he's got some crazy eating habits walker white was the one guy you see in person you're like hey this guy's a quarterback and the way he's built broad shoulders strong arm there's some holes in his games in terms about accuracy and all that but in terms of the physical traits i mean like andrew he could literally throw a ball over a mountain right like that's what <laughs> we're talking about here i mean really good baseball player as well i just feel like this is the guy three to four years from now if he shows enough just enough this is going to have a lot of nfl scouts just kind of foaming at the mouth and saying all right what if what if we get him with our guy right and what if we can clean up this or what if we can improve this because he's got everything else well what's the saying coaches always think that they can they can, they can be the guy that fixes him I, you're absolutely right i think you can put dj lagway I mean, all, all four of the quarterbacks I put on this year's list, and we had a few last year, but DJ Lagway, Timothy Carpenter, who I referenced earlier on, headed to Indiana, and then Walker White. I mean, they're all 6'3", 215 pounds plus. And go back to the most recent draft cycle, everyone was gushing over Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. A couple of years before that, it was what, Josh Allen? I mean, they want these big frame guys, Trey Lance could be, uh, put into the same bucket. Um, I asked Walker White about that Will Levis comp, and he he didn't push back on it. He liked it. He says Josh Allen's the quarterback that he studies and and tries to emulate his game after. And then I said, well, you kind of you know you kind of look like a, a young Tim Tebow. And he's like, I, I'm going to be honest. I never I've never seen seen Tim Tebow play. And I'm like, whoa, I I feel old. I, I felt very dated right there. Um, now, I, I, I agree with what you said, Cooper. Like, I think when he gets into a college game, a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, like, who is this guy from a, a physical standpoint? The most impressive, I think, marker on him, 265-pound hang clean. He's only going get, to get it right in the, in the weight room. And, you know, I asked him about how he put on so much muscle and, bit of a throwback he said when he was when he was younger you know he would uh at his grandmother's house he'd pop on the p90x workout tape and and just do and just do that every summer so i think he could be a, a bit of a gym rat when he shows up on the planes drew two more questions for you who had the coolest story here Ooh, um i i think wit with the uh wit with the um with the the rodeo stuff that was that was unique um i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm scrolling <laughs> um taylor tatum you know i talked to his dad and um he just said that like taylor tatum who's the running back headed to oklahoma a guy that could also play in the mlb you know he said when when taylor was like four years old he was playing in the six-year-old um flag football league and he was tackling kids he said he hit his first home run when he was seven years old and it was a a straight up nuke i mean that was a that was a pretty cool you know little something different um and then my guy navarro chinook offensive lineman 
out of South Dakota. This kid's a four-time state champion on the mat. I asked him, hey, what's what's your record? He goes, something in two. <laughs> something in two. He's like, I've I've only lost twice. I know that. I have no idea how many times I've won. I, I would assume it's in in the triple digits. We had a kid from South Dakota, North Dakota, I think two from Minnesota. Can I talk about the Minnesota guy? Of course. Because this is another this is another one of my darlings. Koi Perch headed to Minnesota. He's gonna play for the Gophers. I think he's another Cooper DeGene. Um has a eleven foot one running vertical jump, right? So that's kind of like the NBA test. Went 10-9-8 in 40 degree temperatures there in uh Minnesota in, in the hundred meter dash. I scored over a thousand career points on the hardwood um, from a really small town. It is like the exact same profile as Cooper Dejean. And that's the Iowa safety. If you haven't heard that name, just just wait till we get into March, April, right before the NFL draft. I mean, he's gonna tear up the NFL scouting combine. So another guy I just wanted to uh to give a little shout out to. His his basketball stuff is just as impressive. Last question. One player on here you want to plant your flag on and you want to be associated with for the next three to four years. Can't be Sammy Brown, right? The challenge I would say is let's go outside of the top. Let's go outside of the top five. Okay. I like that these questions are making you think. It's the way it should be. How about Jason Zamdamella? who we've talked about on this podcast, right? USC commit, born in Mozambique, grew up playing rugby. I was talking with his coaches. He's at Clearwater Academy International, which is a hotbed for international prospects. And uh, they say they do this test when the kids show up. So they have them get down on their knees and you have to fire up through your hips without using your hands. Like you can throw your hands, but you can't touch the ground. And you got to land on your feet. And they said Jason did it so well that they had to like add a wrinkle into it. So it was, it went from being jump from your feet to your knees or from your knees to your feet. It went to jump from your knees to your feet. And then let's see how high you can go on a box jump. And I think Jason uh, cleared 42 inches at 275 pounds. Uh, I'm a big fan of him just having been around him. He is a, potential NFL center and didn't really realize this until, you know, the coach brought it up and it was in the back of my mind, but he's got a six foot 11 wingspan, despite the fact that he is, you know, measures six foot three. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. What I love about him is what he's been playing football for two years. Yeah. He looks like he's been playing his entire life. Like he's not just this raw developmental prospect. I think that I I really do feel like the rugby translates to the center position and what you've seen out of him. I love that gift for USC. I'm I'm with you. I think he can actually play early and I think he can be an anchor. And he's like if you're looking for a prototypical center, which are really difficult to find in high school nowadays, he's it. Can we circle back on the best story interview I got? It, it, it your just show, came to, your show, Coach. It just, just came to mind. Reiner Swanson, tight end that is headed to BYU, uh, called him, picked up. He said he was in a hot tub. I, I I couldn't even tell if he was being serious. He was the he was wild, and he is an extreme sports junkie. Um, skateboards, surfs, snowboards, skis. And he told me the first time he showed up to football practice at Laguna Beach High. So, yes, we're talking about like the hills. He was wearing like red bands skate shoes. Um, he's new to football as well. But caught 83 passes last year for 952 yards, 12 touchdowns. Great balance, elite body control. I think that could be traced back to the board sports and and hit 21.1 miles per hour on a gps system 
Um, but look up Reiner Swanson's profile and, and see his headshot, and you'll be like, okay, like this guy is just a California bro. And when I talked to him on the phone, I came away thinking just that. That fires me up, man. I mean, you say the name Reiner, and then you bring up Laguna Beach. Hey, believe it or not, man, I used to get down in a little Laguna Beach back then. Shout out, LC. It was a good crew. <laughs> Reiner Swanson would fit right in with that crew. I love that. BYU, new look, pick 12, baby. Hey, Drew, a couple guys from your list last year, already on Bruce Feldman's freaks list this year. Nicholas Harbor, not a shock there. He was number one in 2023. Francis Malagoa, he was number two. Offensive tackle at the University of Miami. Nick Singleton, we all know him, number four in 2022. Zane Durant, Penn State, number 24 in 2022. And then Branson Robinson, who unfortunately just went down for the season at Georgia, number five in 2022. So hopefully we got some more names on there next year. But Drew, phenomenal job as always. And seriously, uh, if you're listening out there, this is a it's a nice peek under the hood in terms of Drew being able to pick your brain on all the homework that you do on these guys. And phenomenal job, my friend. I appreciate it, Cooper. I said I wanted to expand to 100. I think if I did that, I uh, I might just. You need a little help there. Yeah, yeah. I think 50s, 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 good. In the meantime, Drew, any uh, any final thoughts as we uh, depart our time here talking about the freaks list? I mean, it's it's a fun, subjective list. I'm only gonna only gonna consider the guys with information. So I'm sure there's fan bases and. And people out there disappointed that you know their kid didn't make the list, but you only got 50 spots at the 11th hour. I mean, I was making plenty of cuts um, of guys that were right there on the fringe. Can't get everyone in there. Um, it's just it's meant to be a fun exercise, and I, I hope I accomplished that. I think you did. I think you did, buddy. Congrats to all the freaks out there. Freak day, baby. That's what we want to call it. What's today's date? I don't even know. August 24th. International Freak Day. Here we go. So for Andrew Ivins, producer Lance Glenn, just one quick reminder, make sure to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple included. Guys, thanks for joining us. Enjoy week zero. We will be back next week on Tuesday. We'll see you then.